0: to another episode of Tell Me About It with Jaquil. Hello, I'm your host, Jaquil. Um, today's episode is a little bit different and a little bit special, as I will not be talking about poetry. I will not also have a guest here with me. Um, today It's just all me, Solo Dolo. And the reason for it is uh, it's, it's not... Particularly an episode talking about you know experiences in higher ed or anything of that sort, this episode is more so about perspective, and I wanted to kind of hop on here and and do this kind of special episode for several reasons. Uh, one being I haven't dropped an episode in quite a bit of time, and I didn't want to just continuously give you all poetry um, as you know, the direction of this podcast is not necessarily poetry focused, but I'll get into that as well. That's a part of the reason is to provide some updates on the direction that this podcast is going. But ultimately, I've, I've been processing a lot and um, I've been receiving a lot of different like questions, a lot of different comments, a lot of people's concerns revolving around this podcast. Or my intentions with this podcast, or just just a lot of like, out of the out of the blue questions that some people have had, whether they were people who actually have listened to podcast episodes or people who just heard about it and just had questions for me. So I wanted to uh, take the time to kind of address some of those things, not out of like obligation, but just out of like pure, just like genuine, like, you know what? I think some people actually are confused about why certain things happen the way that they happen or just confused about the purpose of uh, revolving around these different components of this podcast. And so I came on here to, to do that. And for so for first, first and foremost, um, I, I do want to always extend uh, a, a great appreciation and to show my gratitude for those who have been listening in and those who continue to engage with me on social media or engage with my nonprofit, you know, talking to them or me about the podcast or about the things that we're doing. Um, it, it's, it's really greatly appreciated. Part of the work that we do within the nonprofit is to provide as much access to information and resources and um, you all engaging with us really does allow us to do that to the best of our abilities with your feedback, with your, you know, comments, with, you know, the ways that we've helped you or the ways that we could help you, the suggestions, these all these things really do help. And so I'm really appreciative of that. And because of that, we have so many activities, services, and just things that we have in store for you all um, pre and post-COVID. Um, and so I, I am really appreciative of that. Um, and so the, the next thing is to kind of just provide perspective, like I said before, right? Some of the questions that I have been giving about, uh, that I've been given regarding this podcast have been so interesting. And, you know, most of the time I just respond to them right away, whether it's an Instagram DM, whether it's an email. Um, but sometimes, you know, I have also have staff who control our social media accounts or other people who are responding to emails and stuff like that and so they've been you know coming up to me and telling me these things and one of the uh, biggest questions that they have been receiving is why the podcast topic and some of the the members of my staff you know have very little to do with the creation of this podcast and a lot of the podcast conversations came from uh, my genuine want to do it hence why i'm the host And so the reason for the podcast, like I stated way before when I first started the podcast, is I wanted to provide perspective about the Black experience in higher education, whether that be through the educator lens, through the student lens, through the student worker lens, through the Black professional staff lens. I wanted to provide that perspective. I also wanted to you know, provide the perspective for other marginalized groups who have to navigate higher ed with similar issues that we as black education, educators and professionals face. And while that has been my goal and stays the main goal of, of the podcast, um, that's what we're doing in the podcast, but not necessarily why the topic. And so I'm not gonna sit here and explain the history of like marginalization of Black folk in higher education because I could be here all day, but a part of that plays a factor in why the topic is even something that I consider doing and, and discussing. So historically, Black people have been excluded from higher education and its practices and its establishments and its you know employment uh, like force everywhere. And we are in a day and age where that has gotten better. But it is still an issue, right? There is still a lack of representation for black people in higher education, just like there's a lack of representation of a lot of other marginalized groups. Um, There is still a lack of black men in a lot of these spaces that are heavily dominated by white folk. And so that's part of the reason why this, this podcast exists is I wanted to highlight the experiences that black educators face because it is a historical issue. It is a systemic issue. It is a, a barrier that exists on every academic institution all across the world. And so what, what brings me to this topic is when I was going through higher education as a student, I, I never really paid attention to my surroundings in the sense I never really paid attention to who were my teachers. I never really paid attention to the things that they would say until I started putting a lot more energy and effort and focus into what I wanted to get out through higher education, like what my goals were, like all of those things. And unfortunately, for a lot of Black students, they don't reach that point because they are being told by educators and by other people in other fields that they're not capable or they're not smart enough or they're stereotyped or discriminated against in a way that forces them to have this this belief that they aren't able to go through higher education or that they're not capable or that it's not for them. And granted, it's not for everybody. Higher education is not for everybody. Um, I used to believe strongly that school wasn't for me and that I could do so much more without school, but eventually I think I found my path through education. It doesn't necessarily happen for everybody, but it happened for me. And so this topic of talking about the black experience And to be frank, isn't a new topic, it isn't something that isn't already being done by other podcasts or addressed by other organizations or, you know, things that that aren't on people's radar because it is right it has been identified by academic institutions that there are very unique experiences that Black people face on college campuses. It's been identified by numerous Black educators who go through these experiences. It has been identified by non-Black people. It has been identified by white folks. We've identified this as an issue. The problem is the conversations that we have around it, and we, as in academic institutions, isn't productive, isn't for the benefit of the people going through the experiences. It's literally just to acknowledge that the experience is happening. While acknowledgement is far better than uh, avoidance or straight out ignoring the experience, right? Acknowledging doesn't do anything but highlight the pain that Black students and educators are facing. And so I wanted to create a space, a platform where we can talk about these experiences from a place of like, this is how I navigated it. Yes, it was hurtful, or I look back on it now, and some of it was funny to navigate through, but in that moment, in, the, in those experiences, it wasn't funny. It wasn't a great experience, and so how, how could I help other professionals, or other students, or other staff members, or aspiring staff members who are about to go into some of the same positions that I've been in, or go into some of the same functional areas or student services or or whatever they decide that they wanna do. Like, how can I provide my experience and the form of advice without telling them exactly what to do? And that's one of the things that I really want to do and want to achieve through this podcast is how can I use my experience, right? The things that I do in higher education while connecting with students and doing all these different things to help them in their experience as they go through higher education and whatever capacity that they go through it in and so that's that's the main thing is talking about that experience another big aspect of why this the podcast topic is the platform i i wholeheartedly believe that it is my not only responsibility but it is also like an opportunity for me to help other people get to a platform where they can do the things that they are really good at. And I wanted to highlight, highlight those, because in my experience, I've met a lot of great professionals, uh, professionals of color, black professionals, who are really good at, at, in, in the work that they do in higher ed. And I wanted to highlight those because unfortunately in higher education, we as students of color, we as professionals of color, we as staff members and some of these like hard, you know, areas in higher ed are underappreciated, underpaid, and overutilized, and it's the way that the system works. If you can pay a part-time employee to do full-time work, why wouldn't you do it? And while I understand that, it's still uh, it's still unfair. It's still not equitable, right? And it's another way of kind of like showing people that they're not worth enough and I want people to understand that the work that they do is worth it I want them to understand that they're capable of the work that they do that they're noticed and that I'm acknowledging you in the space that at least that I can acknowledge you in even if you know my acknowledgement doesn't go as far as maybe your boss or a dean or something like that at least I'm acknowledging it because I see it and I'm inspired by it and I'm influenced by it and I'm proud of it and I'm grateful to be able to see it and I particularly want to do that for the marginalized folks. And um, I, I think for me, with the things that I do in my life in general, um, whether that's the podcast, whether that's nonprofit work, whether that's, you know, the poetry, whether that's, you know, the things that I'm doing, I'm always looking to build Black people up. And if I can build a platform where Black people can excel, or Black people can advocate for themselves because they don't really have those spaces, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it unapologetically. I'm going to do it consistently. I'm going to do it constantly. I'm going to do it with every bit of like, effort that I can do it. I, I am one person who strongly believes that if I can uplift someone, especially if they're black, I'm going to do so. And I don't need like acknowledgement for it. I don't need a reward for it. I don't even need like, I don't need even to be mentioned. Like I just want people to do well. I particularly want black people to achieve all the successes that black people deserve which is everything. And I, you know, like because of the way that I grew up and the things that I think about when in regards to like loyalty and friendship and all these different things, like i always there's the saying right if i eat everybody eats and that's that's definitely something that i believe if i'm eating right if i'm doing well successful i'm making money i'm doing all this stuff everybody who is in my circle is going to be doing the same i'm going to place them in opportunities where they can be doing the same stuff they could be eaten right i'm never going to ma- i'm going to make sure that none of the people who have supported me that you know have seen me through my journey i'm gonna make sure that they will never go a day without quote unquote eating. But I want to take it a step further and I I want to be able to show people like at my table, the table that I have been able to build and create opportunities for eating at, right? I want them to understand that they always have a seat there, but I also want to help them get a table of their own and I want to see them eating as well and helping other people eat right? If they want to, right? If they are satisfied at eating at my table, that's fine, but I'm going to make sure that they have the opportunities to get a table of their own and eat, right? I want to build platforms for Black folk. I want to build platforms for marginalized groups. I want to build platforms for people because somebody built a platform for me, and because they built a platform for me, I'm I'm able to get the things that I want. Now, I can't say that 100% of the things that I have achieved is because of the platform that I was given, but it played a part, and so I created the platform for myself after being given a platform, and I think that's really important and and a big reason why this podcast exists is if you know if people don't learn anything from our experiences that we're talking about on the podcast or the advice that we're given, if they take none of that. Um, I think I will still be satisfied with the podcast because I invited guests who were able to talk and talk from their perspective and talk about the things that they're doing in their lives and the projects, the you know, the entrepreneurship, the successes, their achievements, their progress, whatever that looks like. At least I've been able to provide them with that platform. And so that's that's why the podcast topic. And Along with that, people have been asking like, why is everything so Black-focused? And just to put it very simply, I'm Black. I talk about things from a Black experience. My purpose in life is to help Black folk, right? And because that's my purpose, that's where I'm going to be talking from. That's where a majority of my effort goes towards is, is Black folk but just because i'm focused on black folk doesn't mean that other groups are going to be neglected it's i'm just not going to help another group at the detriment to black folk right and that's that's always going to be my goal that's always going to be like my focus if you don't want me to talk about black things then you probably shouldn't listen to me cuz i'm going to talk about black things because that's important to me like do you, that's important to me. That is what I want people to understand. Doing things for black people is the most important thing that I put my effort into that's not tied to a career. Is helping black folk. It's, it's something that I do in my spare time. It's something that I do like whenever I can, if I can embed it into my career, I will. Helping black folk is just something that I want to do. And I'm going to help a lot of other groups along the way because some black issues do bleed into other groups like quote unquote anti-blackness, right? Addressing anti-blackness in a lot of these communities will really help in black progression. And so that's why it's so black focused because I'm black, because I love black people, because I want to talk about black things. That's why there's no, there's nothing else to it. There's no, ulterior motive it's not because I think because blackness is so trendy I can make a profit off of it it's like no I'm not I'm not talking about social justice issues to make a profit I'm not talking about black issues to make a profit I simply love black people and if I could talk about black issues or about addressing social issues in certain communities to help black folk I'll do it for free right and so most of that I think is frowned upon I would say in a lot of different educator paths and there's a lot of people who you know talk about black issues or talk about black progress or black progression or talk about social justice issues for for fee and I agree like get your money like but don't do it at the detriment to to other folks especially black folk and While I can say that I would do it for free, have have I and do I continue to get paid to do social justice work? I do, but it's in a different capacity. Cultural competency training, which is just another way of saying social justice and educational platform for people who want to be more aware, right? I do that because educational institutions have the money to pay people to come and do those things for a lot of educational institutions it's just a checkbox if you can say we had diversity training you know a lot of the attention of being called a racist institution is neglected right you no longer are getting that label because your your staff is now trained and now you can hold them accountable or fire them for a reason instead of it being how it used to be where you know education professionals got away with saying whatever they want to say without being fired because quote unquote, they didn't know it was problematic or racist or whatever that looks like. And so that's, I think that's why I keep it black uh, and I'll continue to keep it black. And that's the direction that this podcast will always go is black. Um, I got a question um, and I think this was more so of a question that kind of turned into a concern for someone. And they asked me uh, will I ever have a white guest on the podcast? And when I started this podcast, I molded that over for a really long time. And the reason why I molded it over is because there are a lot of white professionals who I have worked with, who I have um, been supervised by, um, who I've supervised in in higher education, who are fantastic professionals, who are aware of social inequities, who make sure that they are aware of their student population and things like that. But I don't want them on my podcast for several reasons. Uh, Their identity as a white individual is just counterproductive for the space that I'm creating. Two, it doesn't really help in, in talking about the black perspective or a marginalized perspective by having a white guest. And I, I also am not just looking out for my marginalized groups and my black folk. I'm also trying to look out for my white populations is I don't want white folk to feel like they have to answer questions a certain way so they don't get deemed racist or so that they are like trying to rephrase something to make them seem like such a quote unquote ally. And I don't want, I'm not gonna put them in that position. Now, if you're somebody who is like, oh, I wanna be on the podcast, but I'm white and you know, people aren't going to listen to me, you're probably right because in, in my space, it's not designed for like a white perspective on any marginalized experience because we already know the white experience in great detail because of the history of higher education. Now, do we understand and do I understand particularly that there are different experiences that white students and white professionals face, especially with their intersecting identities? Absolutely. I do know that white folks who are a part of the LGBT community have a drastically different experience than cis, hetero white men or white females and things like that. But I think for the purposes of what I'm trying to accomplish and things like that, having a white, whether it's LGBT, whether it's low income, whether it's any white identifier with a marginalized intersecting identity, I think is just counterproductive. One, because historically, Black issues have been overshadowed and forgotten for the sake of other identities, particularly other marginalized identities. And I think because of that, I don't want my podcast to turn into that. I also think that if a white person wanted to be on my podcast to talk about the things that I'm talking about, they should probably just create their own podcast and do it on their own platform. Because that's, I think that's a far better solution than to just have them on my podcast and then deal with the complexities of having them on my podcast. And so that's, that's a big, big thing. Um, In the future, um, if the podcast goals change if the direction of the podcast change, where I'm just talking about higher ed experiences or something like that, um, maybe I'll, I'll consider having white folk on the podcast, but I don't really see it as a foreseeable option as I'm talking about marginalized experiences in higher ed. And um, particularly as it pertains to race. And I don't really want to kind of dig that deep into, like, white issues in higher ed, because clearly there are some, right? Um, especially as, you know, as I talk to my student populations, particularly my white student populations, right, I understand that they go through complexities and issues as well in higher ed, right? You know, low-income white folk go through a lot of the similar issues that low-income, margin- other marginalized groups go through. Um, It's just different because they have the white identity that kind of like protects them in a lot of different ways, Um, but they still go through the stereotypes, the discrimination, the prejudice, and things like that. All right, the systemic issues that are assigned with being low income. And there's also issues with middle class folks, right, especially for white identities where your parents make too much money to get financial aid, but not enough money to support you through college. And now you have to take out loans and things like that. And we, we understand that that's another issue in higher ed, but that's not a, a race issue in higher ed. And I think a lot of like middle-class white folk get stuck in that like, oh, well, that black person got full financial aid, but they don't need all the financial aid or whatever that looks like. It's like, one, you don't know what everybody needs. We can't assess what a particular person needs with financial aid. It could be towards paying for school. It could be towards paying rent. You do not know. Whatever helps them stabilize themselves in higher ed, like that's what that money is going to be used for. Um, and then, of course, there's issues with like high income earners or dependents uh, as white as white people in, in higher education with the stereotypes, the stigmas, with you know the isolation, a lot of the different things, um, but at the end of the day, the experiences and issues that they face are navigatable because higher ed was built for them, right? And it's continuously built for them and supports them in every single way. While there may be different Black programs and different, you know, Black orgs and groups and stuff like that, those things exist because they're not already in higher education. And I think people have to understand that is they go, wow, there's a BSU. What if I create a white student union? I'm like, the school is a white student union. It's with the support of faculty, staff, and administration. What more do you want? Like, And so it becomes this like comparing game. And you should never compare an experience to the Black experience, because the Black experience isn't just a higher ed issue. It's a global issue. And it's, it's anti-Blackness embedded into Every culture. It's racism and systemic racism embedded into every aspect of life, from education to like housing to employment, right? These are things that are ingrained into the Black experience and other marginalized groups, but particularly the Black experience. And so that's why I won't have a white guest on my show or podcast episode. Have the goals of my podcast changed? No, I'm still focused on, you know, exposing people to higher education issues revolving around black educators and other uh, educators of color, students of color and things of that nature. I think as as the podcast kind of evolves over time, I add goals, I don't ever take goals away, um, which is what happened with the addition of poetry Um, I added the poetry for a lot of different reasons. One, as filler for the weeks where I'm not posting episodes, um, as well as trying to dissect why I write some of the poems that I write are because of my experiences as a Black educator or a Black student or just a Black individual navigating higher ed. Um, I think one of the biggest goals that I think have not necessarily change, but have evolved is just like how I come up with the conversation that I want to have with certain uh, guests on the show. I think my goals were initially to kind of like bring up a topic and then just kind of navigate that topic as it kind of came up in our conversation because I think a lot of people misunderstand what what our experiences are like and, and why we talk about things we talk about. And to be clear, like the conversations that I've had on the podcast episode with a lot of these guests, I've had these conversations with them before, um, whether it was at work, whether it was at the dinner table, at lunch, getting coffee, whatever, we've had these conversations, just not in a setting like that. And so like, Marginalized populations are having conversations revolving around their experiences with their peers. Unfortunately, most of their peers don't look like them, don't understand their culture, don't understand their experiences. And so a lot of things kind of go over people's heads. So when you do get like a coworker or a supervisor who looks like you or who understands part of your experience being a marginalized group, it's, it's like, The greatest thing in the world, because you can have conversations revolving around your experience or how you're feeling about things and you're not told you're crazy. Or justify if that experience happened and things like that. And so that's a big, 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 big bonus. Uh, But unfortunately, higher ed isn't diverse enough to have that population those populations kind of within every group and So uh, none of my goals have changed. They will evolve over time, uh, depending on the sustainability of this podcast. Which brings me to like the last kind of question that I've been getting is, will there still be a podcast after COVID has kind of like run its course? And what I mean by that, because COVID's not going away anytime soon, um, is necessarily the guidelines right? When, when the world kind of really opens back up, where higher education institutions are requiring students to come back to campus, where we as education professionals are no longer working from home or back in our offices and things like that. I would say that, yes, there will still be a podcast. I would say the posting of videos will be very limited as if I'm required to go back to the campuses that I work at Um, I won't have enough free time to kind of navigate, you know, the schedules of my guests, as well as my schedule, along with like figuring out how to like balance the new workload that I will be getting as in-person is drastically different than online, um, as I'll be engaging more with my students and uh, engaging in like actual meetings and things like that. So things will change, but my goal is to keep the podcast for as long as i can keep it um, the posting will probably be very limited um, but i will still try my hardest to get as much content out there as possible i i do think that this podcast has um given me a lot of perspective to think about as i come up with topics and as our guests talk to me about the things that they're talking to me about um given me a lot of things to think about in in my experiences on higher ed and how I approach uh, some of the the things that I do in my jobs and and so I I don't want to take that away from my guests and I don't want to take that away from myself as I've learned a lot through my guests through the podcast and I've applied it to some of the the things that I do in in higher education so um, I don't want to take that away but it will the platform will possibly change Right, I might be able to get the guests to actually come over and stuff like that, and so the videos will be a little different. And um, but ultimately, I I hope to maintain this platform. I might create um, a different avenue. Um, may have a co-host. I don't know, um, but I have no plans on ending the podcast. Um, I have no intentions on bringing white guests on i have no intentions on changing the goals i have no intentions on not focusing on black folk and um, i'll keep the topic as as what it is uh, talking about these higher ed experiences and highlighting the the goals and the achievements and successes of marginalized groups as well as trying to provide perspective insight to the experiences that we face in higher education and that's going to be my goal. It's always gonna be my goal. And again, I, I really wanna thank everybody who's ever listened or people who tune in, people who engage with me. Um, this experience and journey has been wonderful. And I, I really do encourage you, if you have questions, suggestions, comments, concerns, craziness, whatever that looks like, feel free to you know, DM Project Speaks Inc on Instagram. You can DM me, I am Jaquil Harris on Instagram, you can email me through the website at projectspeaksinc.org or jaquilrharris.com and um, I'll be sure to try to get to you as soon as I can. And ultimately, I think that you all are part of the reason why this still continues and um, I just want to thank you all. And so this has been another episode of Tell Me About It with Kill. Thank you. <laughs>